This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Greetings, Andrew. How are you doing, Monica? Doing pretty good. Yeah? Anything new going on? Well, we have someone special here today. I guess that's pretty new. Yes, I'm very excited. We have a special guest joining us on the show today. He is a freelance writer for the News and Observer, the Independent Weekly, Nashville Scene, and many other publications. He's also the host of the interview podcast, Motherfuckers I Know, Craig Lindsay. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you doing, Craig? I'm so excited to talk to you. I, I remember when I lived in Raleigh, I would always see you at screenings, and we we'd chat a little bit occasionally, but I think this might be the first time you and I have ever sat down to have a really in-depth conversation about a film. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. I'm looking forward to what I have to say, too, mainly because I haven't been drinking. <laughs> and this is like the first time just taking part in an um, online Skype discussion that's going to be in a podcast. So let's just see what the hell happens. <laughs> All right, who knows? Any Anything could happen. Uh, this is episode number 28 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Killing Them Softly. If you're new to the show, basically, this is the show on Film Geek Radio focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies. And how it works is each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. And the second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that will contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and would appreciate that kind of in-depth conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. As I mentioned, this week the film we're going to be discussing is Killing Them Softly. Monica, why don't you give our listeners a little more information about the movie? Sure thing. Uh, this movie was directed by Andrew Dominic, who previously did Chopper and the assassin- Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Thank God this title's much shorter. This is the modernized adaptation of the 1974 novel Kogan's Trade by George Higgins. Scoop McNary plays Frankie. He's a working class thug who's hired along with Russell, who's played by Ben Mendelsohn, to rob an illegal poker game run by one of the city's top gangsters. They succeed, but it isn't long before an enforcer named Jackie Cogan, played by Brad Pitt, comes to town to investigate. And then violence, profanity, and political commentary ensues. Here's a clip. Mickey. I felt like a man. Mick! You made me feel good. What? You gonna be alright? Tomorrow night? The next? Leave me alone. Look, you're supposed to meet a guy, alright? I got a guy to take you around and all. No, I can't go out. You come up here to do something, remember? For that. All right, go get him. Go get the guy and we'll set this thing up. Go get him now. We'll set the thing up. 
Go get him. You. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go to bed. I'm going to call you at 7.30. And if I don't wake you up, I am going to drop a dime on a couple of cops I know. going to take you back to where you're supposed to be. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No ass. No more booze. No nothing. Get yourself a shower and go to bed. I'll get you up and tell you where you got to be. I don't take orders from you. 7.30. Get some sleep. This is part one of our episode on Killing Them Softly, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general thoughts on the film. I am starting the clock now. Craig, since we're very privileged to have you on the show today, why don't you go ahead and give us your general thoughts on Killing Them Softly. Did you like it? Do you hate it? Should people check it out? What did you think? Well, um, I, I enjoyed it quite immensely. It's a shame apparently nobody else in the country does at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so sad. I haven't checked like the reviews and the scores from mainstream audiences. Has it not been doing very well? No, box office, it was number seven. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, dead in the water. Which, which once again, uh, you know, the through, you know, the whole thing, kind of reminds me why I hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking, oh, wow, this movie's blowing me the hell away. I can't wait till it comes out. And then it comes out, and it just, it just, it just, it's like when, you know, the, the, the Roadrunner cartoons where Wiley e. Coyote flies, jumps up, just goes off the cliff and just, just makes a huge splat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what killing me killing them softly is. Oh, that makes a made a huge splat because Harvey is all uh, preoccupied with the silver linings playbook, which is such a piece of trash. <laughs> <laughs> In my humble opinion, <laughs> yeah, it just just goes for what is the most easiest to get awards for, and Killing Them Softly is not an easy film to describe as well as get in audiences, because it's by Andrew Dominic, and you know, of course, if you're aware of his previous work, Dapper, and the assassination by uh, Jesse James starring somebody, you know, he, may, he makes films, he makes films that are very complex, it's kind of like these uh, very existential films regarding crim- criminals trying to get into uh, the, the psyche of the uh, criminal mind in a way that's very adept and at the same time very relatable. And uh, Killing Them Softly is uh, no different. It is a very brutal yet artful film about the criminal underworld. And also, and you know, and this is just my personal opinion of it, uh, it's kind of like the, the scathing satirical indictment of our downsizing culture that I've wanted uh, up in the air to be hmm. oh yeah I, I i would agree with you there's definitely some political and social commentary going on in the film and and we can talk about that more in in part two so it sounds like you liked the film monica do you agree with craig is this a really great movie that people unfortunately aren't going to see yeah no they, i went on a i went friday night to go see it opening night and my screening had a couple in the very top back seat, you know what they're up to. And then like, uh, there were about maybe five or six other just single dudes scattered about the audience. And then it was me by myself watching the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> that was very sad. 
But I loved it. I really did. No, I agree with Craig. Um, I have some issue with the po- political commentary, but obviously I'll save that part t- for part two. But otherwise, like, I thought it was very masterful on how, you know, they updated it because it was originally based in the 70s. So it's like a whole, it was really brought up to speed. It's not really Tarantino because he has his own distinct style, but it's again about very highly stylized violence, which, you know, I would think there's an audience for, but they just didn't show up. I don't know. (laughs) Well, right from the opening shot, I can tell that this was a movie that mainstream audiences might not be fully on board with. I mean, the opening shot, when it's uh, introducing the credits of the film, it's cutting from this uh, long shot of an alleyway with just trash blowing around, Mm. and you've got a Obama's, uh, I think it's the, his acceptance speech of the Democratic nomination Nation, yeah. running in the background while the credits are playing. And it's cutting from that to the credits back and forth. And each time it cuts, it's just this very jarring cut where the, the soundscape completely changes. And it just is, it, it really kind of puts you on edge and is uncomfortable. And right as soon as that started happening, I could tell, okay. This is going to be an interesting movie. But I agree with both of you guys. I I actually liked it quite a bit. I was really surprised by the amount of political commentary that was going on. I was surprised by how meandering some of the dialogue scenes were. A lot of the scenes will, will seemingly drag, and it's unclear what they have to do with the plot sometimes. But I actually really liked that. And I thought all the performances were great. I mean, Brad Pitt is good as usual, but even uh, Scoot McNary and Ben Mendelsohn, who people might have seen in certain films, but maybe they don't recognize uh, the name, they're all really great. So I, I agree with both you guys. I thought the film was very good. And I was kind of, we can talk about this a little, a little more in part two, but I was kind of interested in how Andrew Dominic casts these actors that we've seen in previous crime films and crime dramas, you know, you've got James Gandolfini from The Sopranos, you've got Ray Liotta from Goodfellas, people that you've seen in these famous crime movies, and he kind of will twist our impressions of them and kind of subverts our, our expectations of them. So I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, is, is there anything else you'd like to say in general about the film, Craig, before we move on and talk spoilers? Well, you know, apart from, well, if you still haven't seen it, go see it, because I don't know. <laughs> don't let it die. But that's, that's a horrible thing, because what I saw is that I'm just like, man, this is so amazing. I was, I was bored. I mean, to me, I mean, the thing just was just my type of, and I don't know, know what that says about me. I love the performances, and you're right, there's like so many of these familiar faces in the uh, you know, in this film, who are you know very well acquainted with films about a crime and, and pulpiness and everything, and they just—it's almost like they're subverting their usual mo's in these films. And so, I just—I just think it's a very—it's kind, of, kind of one of those, those those films where you think you know what's what's going to be about when you go in, but then it just blows you away. It turns out to be this completely other interpretation of the type of film, type of genre film you know about. And then that's what I enjoy about it. I mean, it's, it's on my, my, my year end list. I'm still tabulating that damn thing. So, uh, yeah, it's just 
I, I, I enjoy I enjoyed it immensely. So. Did you just say this is going to be on your top ten of the year? Yeah. Wow, that's cr- quite an endorsement, Monica. Real quick before we uh, before we talk spoilers, have have you seen the assassination of Jesse James? I have not. Okay. Craig, I know you've seen the film. The cinematography of The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, is, it's absolutely gorgeous in that film. And the cinematography in this movie, I felt like, was more in keeping with Andrew Dominic's first film, Chopper. It's very dark, very gritty, very handheld at times. But then it'll suddenly be interrupted by these really elaborately shot, highly stylized scenes of violence. Uh, there's this, there's a scene involving a drive-by in particular in, in slow motion that's just absolutely beautiful to watch it unfold. What are your overall opinions on the cinematography of this film, and how do you think it compares to some of Dominic's previous work? What? Well, you know, as I mentioned before, it's kind of like one of those, it's a it's a crime film that kind of uh, plays with a lot of, of the usual cliche, cliches and conventions. I mean, you know, I think it speak of anything, it may, you know it kind of makes a lot of uh, moments more exciting, more thought provoking. Uh, the way he uh, you know does so. I mean, because there there are scenes, there are things, scenes throughout the movie where it just just goes in this entirely different visual strata. That you're just like you, you're just sitting there, just like what the hell exactly am I watching? Because it's like it's it's not really anything I've seen in other films of this ilk, and that's one of the reasons why I I got captivated by it because like you could tell that Dominic was not going for just a regular crime film. Yeah, when you make a film that's that's kind of like Scorsese, everybody instantly thinks when they when it, we hear they hear about it when they eventually see it, oh, he's just aping Scorsese. I don't think even Scorsese has tried, you know, tried some of the tricks that he pulls off in this film. So just, you know, I just, I, I was very, once again, very captivated by the whole thing. All right, Monica, any final thoughts on Killing Them Softly before we talk spoilers? I guess I was going to pick on, you were like holding up the intro so, so highly regarded or so, and, uh, I don't know that actually that intro I kind of felt was very overtly art school like that's what I expect, oh sure like that's that's what I expect to see out of a student film so I was kind of like oh no please don't suck and then it got better so <laughs> 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 that in, I don't know if that in maybe it's the same effect that it had on most people that went and saw it I have no idea but I might be being very nitpicky on that I I, could, I totally see what you're saying um I just felt like from the very beginning it was clear that it was this is a movie that could alienate certain people just based yeah. on how that opening sequence was, was edited. But, um, all right, I think that'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on Killing Them Softly here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune into part two of our discussion for a much more in-depth look at the film, and don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Anna Karenina. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you liked this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including our latest show, all about the ABC series Last Resort, Dispatches from St. Marina. Craig, thank you so much for appearing on the program. Where can people find more of your work? Well, first off, and wait, have, have, have any of y'all seen Anna Karenina yet? Yes. 
I have not seen it yet. Monica has. I'm going to go see it this week, and we're going to talk about it next week just because I really don't want to see that Gerard Butler film that's coming out. So. Hey, hey, but, you know, just, I'll just say just like uh, I saw that the Anna Carretta and uh, just, uh, you know, just it was just too damn much. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> too busy. <laughs> or just pick pick a style. Pick a style. Just one. <laughs> 30. I think there's 30 styles. He goes through, like, uh, we'll go to it. We'll go to it next episode, Andrew. Yeah, we'll talk about it next time. But I'm glad I'm not alone in being like, this is just too, too much. And Jude Law plays the biggest mangina that Mark Ruffalo never played. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> they should put that on the poster, I think. It's surprising that Mark Ruffalo played, like, the manliest character of the year, and it's just, he usually is just, like, Jude Law is in the Mark Ruffalo role of a <laughs> classic film, a classic story like Anna it. But I just like Jude Law. He's good, but you know, complete. He, he was, he was, he was getting his mankinda on. <laughs> he was just useless. I just wanted an emotion from him. Yeah, just he just real mangina-ish. But is, uh, but yeah, just okay. Uh, getting back to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all over the interwebs, as Andrew said. I have a podcast, motherfuckers I know. It's M U H F dot dot dot. Is it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dot dot dot. Uh, a S I know. You can find that on. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. Yes. And uh, I, it's on. It's still on Potomatic. Uh, Uncle Crizzle dot Potomatic dot com. I'm on the Twitter. Uh, Twitter dot com slash Uncle Crizzle. You know, I got my Tumblr blog on. Uh, UncleCrizzle.tumblr.com. I'm not on Pinterest yet. <laughs> I'm working on that. Yeah, that's my MySpace page is still up. <laughs> but yeah, just basically just type in Uncle Crizzle and you'll just be introduced to the wild, incredible world of, of me. Okay. All right. We're, Monica, where can people find you online? I am also on the Twitters, and you can find me at mcastymovies, that's M-C-A-S-T-I movies, and you can also find most of my work reposted on the BOFCA Twitter, that's B-O-F-C-A, that's the Boston Online Film Critics Association, and we'll also be holding our um, awards this Saturday, that'll be, that'll be my homework for this weekend, is tallying everybody's ballots. The Kim Morgan of Beantown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. All right. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. And I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!